0: I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dreams." Sound good, doesn't it? A vision of a transformed world, where everyone has a part to play in imagining and creating a new way of being, where all are included, and everyone has a place. But it could never happen, right? or if it did, it was a long time ago, or to people who were very different from us. Hi, my name is Stuart, and I'm the minister here at St Ninian's and Stonehouse. We're glad to welcome you to this time together. You can find out more about who we are and what we do on our website at st-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk and on our Facebook page or YouTube channel, just search for St Ninian's Church Stonehouse. This week, we celebrate something called Pentecost, A day when something really strange happened. The Holy Spirit was given to Jesus' disciples and it was pretty dramatic. Let's listen to that story now.
1: When the day of Pentecost came, all the believers were gathered together in one place. Suddenly there was a noise from the sky which sounded like a strong wind blowing and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire, which spread out and touched each person there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to talk in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. They were Jews living in Jerusalem, religious people who had come from every country in the world. When they heard the noise, a large crowd gathered. They were all excited because each one of them heard the believer speaking in his or her own language. In amazement and wonder, they exclaimed, These people who are talking like this are Galileans! How is it then that all of us hear them speaking in our own native languages? We are from Parthia, Media and Elam, from Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, from Pontus and Asia, from Phrygia and Pamphylia, from Egypt and the regions of Libya near Cyrene. Some of us are from Rome, Both Jews and Gentiles converted to Judaism, and some of us are from Crete and Arabia. Yet all of us hear them speaking in our own languages about the great things that God has done. Amazed and confused, they kept asking each other, What does this mean? But others made fun of the believers, saying, These people are drunk. Then Peter stood up with the other eleven apostles, and in a loud voice began to speak to the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, listen to me and let me tell you what this means. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It is only nine o'clock in the morning. Instead, this is what the prophet Joel spoke about. This is what I will do in the last days, God says. I will pour out my spirit on everyone. Your sons and daughters will proclaim my message. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will have dreams. Yes, even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will proclaim my message. I will perform miracles in the sky above and wonders on the earth below. There will be blood, fire and thick smoke. The sun will be darkened and the moon will turn as red as blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. And then, Whoever calls out to the Lord for help will be saved.
0: Change is nothing new. In fact, change is pretty much the only constant in our lives and in the world. Things change all the time. We change all the time. We grow and age and encounter new things and find new ways. Pentecost, this day where we celebrate this strange event where the disciples were gathered together and the Holy Spirit appeared like a strong wind and tongues of fire, was one of those big moments when everything changed the disciples would never be the same again. One moment they were a pretty anonymous group of people, followers of Jesus who everyone knew had been crucified. Who would listen to them? Actually, what would they even have to say that was worth hearing? I wonder if that's how we feel. What would I have to say? Who would ever want to listen to me? We talk a lot about a couple of strange words in the church, mission and evangelism. We say them as if we all know what they mean and that we agree on what they are, and I'm not sure that we do. Mission, I think, is the one that we're a bit more comfortable with as an idea. It's tended to mean going out, taking God to the people. But in recent years, we've started to realise God's already there. We don't take God to anyone. God's already at work in the world. We're just noticing and joining in. However it works, mission is something to do with meeting people's needs. We feed the hungry, give water to the thirsty, visit the sick. That's mission. Evangelism has been making a bit of a comeback as an idea in recent times. We have product evangelists who tell us all about how great a particular brand is or how an idea will change your life. Evangelists are enthusiasts who can't wait to tell us all about the latest thing. We all know people who are evangelical about a football team or a brand or a type of food or a political idea. In the church, evangelism or evangelical is a word that's been hijacked a bit to mean a particular kind of Christian. But actually, evangelism is just taking the message, the good news, to someone else. Evangelism is about sharing our enthusiasm about Jesus. But mission and evangelism can be hard. We have training and committees and programmes and events. And we have questions and thoughts that, well, they cause us to hesitate. What right have we to intrude on people's lives? What on earth would we even say to people? Faith's a private thing. It's not for me to preach to people. I don't want my friends to think that I'm some kind of Bible basher. But why wouldn't you want to tell people about Jesus? Why wouldn't you want to share something that's life-changing? Why would you keep that kind of thing to yourself? Sometimes we all need a little bit of help, some encouragement, a wee trick to change our way of thinking or something to help us to get over our hesitance. As some of you know, over the last year I've been hosting a podcast called Control-Alt-Delete slash Church and I've been talking to people around the church about life in lockdown and what they think will be important for the church as we start to emerge into whatever this new normal will be. One of my guests was Michael Harvey. Michael is, well, he's an evangelist. He tells people about God. But more than that, he helps other people to tell people about God too. And the way he does it is simple. Basically, it's this. At the start of each day, pray. And in your prayer, ask God, who will you send me today? And as you go about your day, try to notice the people that you meet or talk to. And here's the bit that we're all a bit uncomfortable with. At some point during the day, tell someone you meet or talk to that you'd like to pray for them, that God has sent them to you today. So if there's anything at all that they need prayer for, then you'd be happy to pray for them today. And pray for them. And then do it again tomorrow. And once in a while... Get together with some other people and talk about your experiences. And that's it. That's what mission and evangelism look like. It's not some big programme. It's not a stadium full of people listening to a superstar preacher. It's people like you and me noticing our friends and our neighbours and asking, can we help? Can we hold you in prayer? And isn't it telling that the bit that we get stuck at is the bit where we have to be up front about our faith? God sent you to me today. Can I pray for you? It's just 10 words. But many of us would rather admit to almost anything else. The Church of Scotland is meeting in General Assembly this week and there are some massive changes being suggested. Huge cuts in budgets and in the number of churches that we have. A recognition that there'll be a retirement cliff edge for ministers where something like half of them will retire in the next five to ten years, and there's nothing like that number coming forward to train. And even if there was, we couldn't afford them anyway. So the plan is that in five years' time, we will have 600 charges. We've spoken over the last weeks about pruning for fruitfulness. This is what it looks like. But it makes you wonder how did it come to this? How did we get to a point where so few people in our land follow Jesus and even fewer see the church as a place to explore that and to share time with others? There are two ways to balance the books. Everyone gives twice as much or you double the number of people. The church isn't a business. We shouldn't ever make decisions based only on finance. But one of the things our balance sheets tell us is that the way that we do church is unsustainable. It costs too much, mostly because it's a model designed for a time gone by when life was different. We've all changed, but the way that we do church hasn't really. We spend all of our energy raising money to keep the lights on, and hardly any of it in mission. And that can't be right. The disciples were gathered together in a room. They were scared and wondering what would become of them. What would happen next? But they had this promise from Jesus, a promise that they would get help. I'm pretty sure that the help they got wasn't quite what they were expecting. Tongues of fire. And they found themselves outside, talking in ways that everyone could understand. Telling people all about Jesus and how knowing him had changed their lives and how he could change everything. And some people thought they were drunk. They're the ones we focus on, aren't they? the hecklers, the critics, the cynics. We don't want to open ourselves up to that kind of thing. What if people laugh at us? Or call us names or worse? But here's a thought. Why would your friends think any less of you if you asked them if there was anything you could pray for them? They might be surprised, but would they be negative? They're your friends. They would surely know that you have their best interests at heart. The very first sermon of the new church was this. Then afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female slaves, in those days I will pour out my spirit. It wasn't actually anything new. Old words from the prophet Joel. what a message. This is for everyone. For all of you. No matter who you are, where you're from, or what station you have in life. And it'll be amazing. Life-changing. World-changing. Completely transformational. It will break down barriers. It'll lift up the lowly and bring justice for all. It will see fairness, wholeness and well-being become the foundations of our decision-making. And those who seek only power or authority or wealth will be undone. There's a new way of living possible. And it's better for everyone. What is it about that idea? The promise that we don't think others would be interested in? As the church meets this week to consider some really hard issues to make some really difficult recommendations and to try to set the conditions for mission to thrive, I think the real question is for us. Because the church is just a collection of people. It can see all at once, it can make plans and pronouncements, change the rules, it can do all that. But if the people, you and me, if we don't change, if we don't realise that the building of the kingdom is a job for each and every one of us, then it'll all just be some more hot air. So what will we do? Will we take on the challenge to make disciples? Will we speak to others about the difference that faith has made in our lives? On this day of Pentecost, we should remember that a handful of unremarkable people changed the world. And we can too. The only question is, will we? (laughs)
2: Lord God, we thank you that when we grieve and find it hard to pray, when we cannot find the words, your Spirit intercedes with groans too deep for words. Spirit, intercede for us now. Sometimes we lose heart at all the suffering we witness, both near and far. But may we always see you whenever your children suffer, whenever the earth cries out in anguish. You, the God of all creation, tear open the heavens and dwell among your people. Give us courage to go into all the places you already are. Remind us that nothing done in the name of love is ever wasted and that all that we do for the least of these we do for you. We pray for your healing for all creation. We pray for unity in your church so that together with you we may heal the world. We pray for those who lead and give wise counsel. May they lead with justice and compassion and build on a foundation of love. And we pray for all whom we know struggling this day with loss, with disappointment, with illness, with bereavement, with lack of hope and purpose. Spirit of God, blow change through our hearts, our lives, our world. We pray in the words you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen.
0: Sisters and brothers in Christ, go into the world. Realise the visions, fulfil the dreams, see new visions and dream new dreams. And as you do, know that the Holy Spirit is guiding you and encouraging you every step of the way. So go with the blessing of God, creator, source and spirit, today and always. Amen. Amen.
2: safe to, to shine, shine.